There it is. Today we're talking about relational wholeness. And Stuart being with me. It's great, isn't it, that God is interested in every area of our lives. Sometimes if our relationships are out of sort, it makes our spiritual life out of sorts too. And the two do go hand in hand. So it's important that we try and get both of them right. For me, if relationships were out of sort, I might just go and eat loads of chocolate to make myself feel better. But then physically, I wouldn't feel good because I'd done something I know wasn't helpful to me. So as we listen today about relational wholeness, let's think how we can get our lives in line with the two together. Yes, it really is true that relationships are a key value of our church. In fact, in the Bible, we're told that we need a relationship with God and a relationship with people. Some Christians think that their faith should be just a personal thing between them and God. But we have learned in our own lives and in our family that to love God with all of our hearts is vitally important, but we must love one another as well. And so in today's teaching, let's examine not only our relationship with God, but our relationship with people also. Have a great, great day. Good morning. morning. We're looking at wholeness. Yes. Do you want to be whole? Do you want to be well? Wellness is a a word that's used quite a lot, isn't it, so far? For those who don't normally come, we're on a a bit of a series at the moment. Uh, We've come, we've looked at renewing our minds, our mindset, being, being well in our minds, because we have a choice about what we think about, don't we? And about our mindset, about the way that we see the world. That was, that was the first one. And then last week, spiritual wholeness. Opening our hearts to God. And uh, that we might overcome fear. Barbara led us in that one. And this week, we're looking at relationships. What sort of relationships will be healthy for us? It's the area of most blessing, but also the, the, the area, isn't it, that we struggle with probably most in our lives, relationships with other people. First of all, our relational wholeness flows from loving God. Can we have that one up? Loving God. Wow, this is a biggie, isn't it? The greatest, the most significant relationship we could ever enjoy is with God himself. We have to begin in a relationship with God, although it's not, in a sense, where we begin in life because we come out and we we have a a life with a mother and father, don't we, and and a family network. But we need to be introduced to this relationship with God. And when asked what the most important commandment was, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. He was quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Yeah, Sounds a bit impossible, doesn't it? But if it's a command in the Bible, then it's possible. Anything that's commanded by God has to be possible. So we can love God in that way. So what does it look like? What does loving God look like? Well, it's going to involve our whole being, our heart and our soul, the seat of our emotions and will, that which is inside of us. 
It's going to involve our mind, our choices, our mindset. That's why we looked into that. And it's going to involve our physical body, our strength as well. So loving God is going to involve all of us. What does it look like? What sort of things are loving God? Well, it's wanting to spend time with him and talk with him. Think of any relationship. It starts with a a, a date or an arrangement to meet with that person. All right, you, you see somebody and you say, let's meet for coffee. Let's go and have a drink. Let's have a meal or whatever it may be. And then you start to talk together. And you, then you arrange to have more meetings and to talk more together. It doesn't just happen, does it? Relationships, love doesn't just happen. It has to be sort of organized in the sense that we need to spend time with that person. Without that, there's no relationship. So first question, are you making time to meet with God? Because outside of that, there won't be a relationship. He might be there and you might be there, but the two aren't coming together. And we have to arrange to meet with God. Now, that doesn't mean to say it's got to be on a Sunday. It doesn't mean to say it's got to be anywhere. But actually, it has to be, we have to be quiet and open, don't we, to a relationship with God and to spend time with him. Secondly, it involves enjoying him and delighting in him. Obviously, in our worship, like here this morning, is that something that you enter into? Or is that something that you, you, you think is for other people? I could do a Barbara here. I love you, Lord. (laughs) Join me. And I lift my heart to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May we be a sweet, sweet song in your ear. Taking delight in the Lord. Yes. You know, there are particularly men here I know who say, well, I don't sing. Well, you need to speak it then. You've got to communicate it some way, haven't you? Say those words. It's just as good, actually. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. You know, you don't have to sing. I think it's better sung, personally. But we can delight in God. Okay, speak it out to him. Speak out his word to him, and it becomes a love song to him. You can walk on a beach uh, and walk anywhere you like and, 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 and talk to him and delight in him and say, thank you, Lord, for that creation for this that or the other so there are many ways of delighting in God do you do that do you take time to do that for many people it is just walking out with him I think for for most of us who come here there is a sense that when we join together we can we, we 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 worship God together Jesus said if anyone loves me He will obey my teaching. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Somehow, obedience seems to come in. I I like Mike Pilavachi's comment. He said, obedience is God's love language. (laughs) 
So, so being obedient is, is part of this loving. It's not a grudging obedience. It's a willing obedience that wants to please him. We want to please the ones that we love, don't we? It means that by having an integrity, it means by being honest. When you do that, you please God, don't we, in the things that we do. So there are things that we can do in our lives that please God. Don't get it wrong, we're not earning his love, but we can seek to please God in our lives. And it's part of the way that we love God and that we're obedient to him. Don't forget we can only love him because he first loved us. John says that. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. How great, and this was quoted at the beginning. Thank you for this, uh, Dave. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. So we can't even begin to think about loving God until we've been loved by him. Have you been loved by God? Have you received the love of God? Do you, do you sense the love of God? Well, it, it's, it's beginning to be, by believing what the word says and that God loves you and that he's lavished his love on you. So it's a response to his love for us. It's a forgiving love. It's full of grace. It's undeserved. His love for you. You haven't got to do anything to deserve it. You remember the woman who washed Jesus' feet with her tears and, and wiped them with her hair. And he said about her, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. We love in response to how much we are conscious of having been forgiven. I, I meet this when I go into prison, you know. Once somebody in prison gets a hold of God having forgiven them, my goodness me, their life t turns around. And I want to say that to you. Have you got hold of how much God for loves you and has forgiven you? Because by the amount that you're forgiven, you will yourself love. He who has forgiven much, loves much. Thank you, Lord, that you forgive me. However great, you know, uh, or, 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 or our sin is, and by the way, our sin is, tends to be greater than we realize that it is. Because it's just our, our attitudes, isn't it? Our hardness. We, we may not have done the things that put people in prison, but we've thought them. <laughs> and we just ain't been caught, have we? God has forgiven us. Is that true? <laughs> We've thought murderous thoughts, haven't we? I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. If you want to love God more, understand how much he loves you and receive his love. So that's loving, loving God. We start with that. We start our relationship has to be, first of all, with God, beginning to get to know Him. And uh, Marge is on that journey. And she even started, didn't you, without knowing what you were doing. You began by praying. 
That's, that's wonderful. You know, that was God sort of drawing you to himself. And that relationship with God will grow and is growing. Okay, so secondly, relational wholeness involves loving others. Thanks, Harry, that's the second point. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And Peter urges to love one another deeply from the heart. The Bible tells us that God is love, and so loving God, loving one another, well, it's central to what we're about. Be imitators of God, it says in Ephesians 5. Therefore, as dearly loved children, uh, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So church should be the experience where sincere is experienced between us I'm sorry to say that the world does not see it that way and for so many and you will have experiences perhaps in the past where you have not experienced the love that you wanted to within the church setting and people hear of division and unforgiveness and anger and judgment and there's been some in the news lately not very far from here and we can't either point the finger because we know that it happens within our lives too, doesn't it? What's the answer? Because we should be showing the love of God and experiencing the love of God. Church should be the place where actually people say, look how those people love one another. We are to love one another because the answer is that we have an enemy. You see, it begins in the heart, doesn't it? The seat of our emotions. That's where, that's where love begins. And yet love is much more than an emotion. And whether we love or not depends on the state of our heart. And the truth is that all of us carry a wound in our hearts. That's why we find it so difficult to love. To receive love and to give love. We haven't been loved perfectly ourselves, have we? There are failed relationships behind most of us. And that often begins with our own mother and father who didn't get it all right themselves. And we won't get it right either. Wounded people wound people. Have you heard of that before? And we do, don't we? We're wounded people. And we wound people. And this series on wholeness is to help us to get healed. And make no mistake, we all need healing. There's nobody here this morning that doesn't need healing. There's nobody here this morning that doesn't need their heart healed from the wound that is there. There's nobody here who doesn't need more of the love of God. There's nobody here who doesn't need to love others more than they do as well. And if we get healed, healed people, heal people. (laughs) Wounded people, wound people. But healed people, heal people. So we, we need to get healed, don't we? We need to come to God. I want to encourage you in this series. Please take it, take hold of it and say, that's me. I need that. I need, will you pray for me, please? You know, because I need to be whole, more whole in that area. Now, one of the greatest processes of healing 
and being able to love others is to deal with bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts. It's probably the greatest need uh, within the church and outside of the church. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Ever prayed it? Well, God takes that seriously. You forgive others in order that I forgive you, says God. So do we understand that when we forgive, it's not for the sake of the other person, it's for the sake of ourselves, it's for our own sake. Because unforgiveness is a hook that is attached to us. Think of it like a hook that's got caught in your cheek. And it keeps us attached to the other person. And if we do nothing and allow bitterness and resentment to grow, we will become hard and judgmental and unable to forgive. What's the answer? The answer is to forgive. (laughs) The answer is to let them go. For your sakes, if you don't let them go, then you will get harder. And it will be harder. And, and actually, the other person's probably fine. But you won't be, because you harbor unforgiveness. So unforgiveness is it's a cancer inside of us. And for some of us, that will go right back to our childhood. For some of us, it might be somebody last week. I'm willing to bet that there's not one here who doesn't need to forgive somebody Sometimes it's our partner, isn't it? (laughs) People who are close to us. Sometimes it's someone who's had an effect in our lives somewhere else. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Uh, I've shared before, Chris and I needed to learn how to forgive one another in our marriage. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here Today, uh, there was a returning missionary from the church who came, and we were going through a hard time. And uh, she said, you two need to learn how to forgive one another. And somehow we did, and my eyes were opened, and I I was able to love again. So I know (laughs) that it's crucial that we forgive if we're going to love. And and you've got to go on, and it's when uh, forgiveness doesn't flow that in fact marriages come to an end isn't it as well and other relationships as well we can then see others as being made in the image of God when we've forgiven we're able to see the people as they really are and not as we've made them to be as the problem well if you change then everything would be alright no actually if I change then everything will be okay because I will be able to love them. We can approach people with humility and and vulnerability, by the way. We do need to be vulnerable if we're going to love, don't we? With each other. Are you vulnerable? Will you allow others to know of your weakness? (laughs) Or Or have you got to be always the strong one? Always the one who gets it right? Actually, it's not about being right. It's just about being vulnerable and able to love is the issue from, for, for us. And to bless people, not to judge them, but to bless them, to want the best for them. When you do that, then it's hard, 
we, we release people from our unforgiveness. When we say, Lord, will you bless that person? It's very difficult to pray for someone and, and keep resentful about them. Try it. Pray for the people. In fact, we were told to love our enemies, weren't we? Pray for those who you find difficult. So what does love look like? Well, some four to eight-year-olds have probably got the idea. When my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That's love. She's right, isn't she? Rebecca, aged eight. Billy, age four. When someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. Isn't that profound? Yes, from a four-year-old. If you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. <laughs> Says Nika, aged eight, aged six. Wow, she's learned, hasn't she? We should start with a friend that you hate if you want to learn to love. Yeah. Love is when mummy sees daddy smelly and sweaty and still says he's more handsome than Robert Redford. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll go with that one. And you really shouldn't say, I love you, unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot. People forget. When did you last say, I love you, to somebody? You know, when people know that they're suddenly going to, to die, I, I remember in the, um, in the Twin Towers, you know, just before they went, what was happening? People were on the phone telling people that they love them, desperate to say to somebody that they love them before they died. You don't need to wait for that time, folks. You can say it. We're not just talking about husbands and wives here. We're talking about people. You may need to say to people, I love you. Would that we did it more, eh? Than we do. Keep doing it. So what does love look like? Well, it's an action, isn't it? it? We're giving time to people. Coffee time. You, are you going to give some time to, for someone to tell you about themselves? Or are you going to sort of be busy and rush off to your next thing? If you give time to somebody, they might just appreciate that so much. And you can do it today, at coffee time or afterwards. We give practical help, we give lifts, we give paperwork, we do jobs for people, that's love. We use words, we speak encouragement and strength and hope into people's lives. We feed one another. When did you last speak encouragement into someone's life? Do you just tell them about yourself and about your, 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 your aches and pains and the stuff that's wrong? Or do you speak hope? An encouragement into their life. When I, before I go to the, um, the prison each week, I say, Lord, would you give me some words to speak into somebody's life today? Why don't we do that every day? Do you do that when you're on the way to church here? Lord, I want to speak some words of life and encouragement into somebody today. And maybe somebody will speak some words of encouragement and life into me as well. Isn't it delight when someone comes and says, I've got a word for you. <laughs> you can do it. 
because the same Holy Spirit is, is, is at work in each of us. You can bring a word just the same as people brought a word to, to Marge there. And I want to bring a few words just at the end of this. So relational wholeness involves loving other people. How are you doing <laughs> with loving other people? Or is that wound in the heart just keeping you selfishly saying, I'm waiting for other people to love me? Actually, it doesn't work like that. It works like receiving love from God and then beginning to love other people. And hey presto, God's love will be returned to you. It's like giving away the, 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 the fishes and um, bread. You've got to give it away first. So give that love away. If you want to be loved, then begin to give time and acts of love to other people. And finally, relational wholeness liberates us to love ourselves. Have you learned to see yourself as God sees you? Or are you pretty hard on yourself? It was read right at the beginning of our service. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And your heavenly Father who created you is pleased with his creation. Can you receive that this morning? He's not disappointed in you. He's not angry with you. You don't need to impress him. God has forgiven you through the costly sacrifice of his son Jesus. And as you're called to forgive others, so you're called to forgive yourself. Have you forgiven yourself for the things that you failed at in the past? God says, well, if, you've, if I forgive you, have you got any right to keep unforgiveness against yourself? No, we haven't. God forgives us. So he calls you to forgive yourself as well. Love your neighbor as yourself, said Jesus. Oh, I'd better learn to love myself first if I'm going to love my neighbor. So God loves you with a father's love, with compassion. He rejoices over you with singing, the Bible says. He's fiercely loyal. He's for you. He's not against you. He will fight for you. He's on your side. Can you receive that? Can you accept that? Can you see that that is you? Because that's the person that you're, you're living with, as it were. That's the person inside you that God has made and that he's pleased with. Will you say after me, God loves me. God loves me. He's pleased with me. He's pleased with me. He's for me. Not against me. I can love myself. Because he loves me. So wholeness in our relationships. Loving God. Loving others. And loving ourselves. So first of all, could it be 
that you're here and that you need to fall deeper in love with God. Is that the first of need? And I guess it's so for all of us. I'm reading a book at the moment called The, the Discipline of Intimacy. It's intimacy with God. I'm wanting to know more about that. Lord, I want to know you closer. So seek after him. Pursue him. Spend time in his word and in prayer. Get to know him. Pursue more of God than getting more from God. Is that for you today? And how about relationships with others? Do we need his healing into that area? Do you need to forgive? To let go of anger and bitterness? You can do it today. You can be free today. You can take the, uh, take the hook out today by saying, Lord, I leave that person with you, Lord. You don't give me any right to judge them. Lord, I forgive them. I let them go, Lord. And I receive your love. And will you make an encouragement to speak encouragement to others today and every day? To speak well of people. To not be a criticizer and a complainer, but to speak positively. And then that last one, loving of ourselves. To know the Father's love over you this morning. Let yourself off the hook. Forgive yourself for the things that you failed at in the past. Today isn't just a new day for March. It's a new day for you as well. It's the first day of the rest of your life, as they say. You can forgive yourself. You can be free. You can forgive others. You can receive the love of God for yourself.